Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where every Tuesday we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft. Your Average Witch is brought to you by Clever Kim's Curios. This week I talked to Justify of Justify's Jujus, a queer witch in Florida. Justify tells us about sharing space with spirits, coming out, and why you should embrace your weirdness. Before we get started on the stories, I just wanted to invite you to come see me. I'll be vending as Clever Kim's Curios at TarotCon at Bookman's East next weekend on October 28th. It's from 4 to 9 p.m. at 6230 East Speedway here in Tucson. Then next month, come see me at Phoenix Pagan Pride on November 4th. I'll be selling amazing witchy jewelry and giving away your average witch merch. I might even do a few on-the-spot interviews, so come prepared to talk. Phoenix Pagan Pride will be on Saturday, November 4th from 9 to 5 at 300 East Indian School Road. Now let's get to the stories. Hello, Justify. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you do and where they can find you? Yeah, hi. So I'm Justify, and I'm uh, from Orlando, Florida. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at Justify's Jujus. And then um, also my website is justifiesjujus.com. And uh, my podcast, actually, with my co-host, um, Kane, at The Satyrs and Sinners, or Satyrs and Sinners on Spotify. And then, um, yeah, what I do is I have a, I feel like I'm like a, a little bit of a jack of all trades, but for pretty much within the realm of um, a herbal, I have a herbal background knowledge, like in like herbalism, um, I practice witchcraft. Um, and uh, I have like diving deeper into this specifically this upcoming season. I've been diving a lot deeper into my own shadow through shadow work, um, providing also shadow work sessions. And um, I can talk a little bit about this. This is new. This is a new journey for me. But I'm actually going uh, taking going to class to learn uh, hypno uh, like hypnotherapy to be a hypnotherapist. So that's new. Um, I don't have a lot yet. I'm still learning a lot, but I have a little bit on it. But I'm I'm not quite through that yet. But I have a, a little a little a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But kind of all in like the wellness the wellness realm. Yeah, love it. Terrifying. Yes, I I know. It's like, wow, Um, a lot of different things, but I like at different points in my life that I like focus on them. So I wasn't like all at once. It was like this part of my life. I learned this. And then the next part of like my life, like later on, like I learned that. So it was kind of like gradual, but it it seems like a lot, like just throwing it out there. (laughs) The um, the hypnotherapy uh, that it makes me afraid. Oh, um, well, so then speaking of shadow work, um, no, <laughs> no okay. I was like, speaking of shadow work, um, just, so, I literally just came from Anahata's Purpose last weekend, and that's mainly what we do there. And so, although I didn't go to any classes, no one call me out. How dare you? Um, I have um, cried so many, so mm, much in the past week. Yeah, I feel pretty shadowed up right now. So it's it could be intense, especially it it could be many things. It's a shadow is so many. It's not one specific. It's not. It doesn't look one specific way. It has many faces, um, and that's something I realized um, 
but there are underlining a lot of with shadow is a lot of underlining uh childhood trauma you know and like our trauma right exactly so (laughs) and it's connected to generational trauma so you know but yeah shadow and then like hypnotherapy isn't really what you well then again there's hypnosis and then there's hypnotherapy so i think you know some people do like street hypnosis where like they'll go and they'll like you know i've seen it like on tv like i'm still learning more about that part of it like how it functions but in this is more like would be in a therapeutic like uh situation or like an environment right so um those are differences i think it's really the environment and how this is going about which is makes the difference with like hypnosis um but to be honest i think um a lot of what i think most common people think of like hypnosis is that you know if you someone puts you or not really puts you but you go into a trance state and uh that they're gonna like take advantage of you or anything like that and it's actually i'm a chicken right and it's like actually not really like quite like that um i've seen they had like a movie called hypnotic or something like that and it kind of brought into the it actually brings into that fear you know of like um you know being taken advantage of or things like that but in a therapeutic session setting um it's you actually it's all consensual so you the the therapist is actually speaking to the unconscious mind of the of the patient or the the client actually more client not patient uh for the client and and you're consenting. So you're accessing, you're allowing the unconscious mind to speak and to say, like, you know, do you at the very beginning before you start anything before if it's a good hypnotherapist before you start, you have to have that consent and you ask the client, you know, do you consent to blah, blah, blah. And then they say yes or no. Um, and then they say yes. And then then from there on, like you have access to their unconscious and then you go from there. But it's not anything what I think most, most people think of it is. Um, and so, yeah. Um, but again, like I said, I'm still, I'm still learning a lot. Um, but I'm, I've, I've had a lot of demystifying or like the D like, you know, um, mything of what, what most people think it is and what it actually happens like, you know, in a session. Today so. years old, when I realized that I did not consider that hypnotherapy and hypnotizing is two different things. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, if you think about trance or altered states, which I guess goes right into, which is why I find it so fascinating with like witchcraft specifically and uh, ecstatic states that can bring us into trance, which is altered states of consciousness, essentially, um, that, you know, in reality, uh, we are all like influenced everybody in our day-to-day because you have the conscious mind and you have the unconscious mind and like conscious is what we currently what we think we know or what we are knowing consciously but a lot of things that we're we're, (laughs) that's the thing is like that's and that is actually it the conscious mind is the thinking mind and the unconscious mind is everything else and the unconscious mind is what rules a lot of like our behaviors so like as an example nail biting or hair twirling or things like that it's all unconscious you don't know why you do it but you do it and so that is the unconscious mind and as an example that's because i never really understood what is unconscious mind what is that and then i had it explained that way and i was like that makes sense that that makes a lot of sense. So, um, and they gave exer- the exercise and examples on how to access it. But yeah, all right. I know I feel like I'm like jab right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting. I'm learning a lot about that. So, 
What does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? A witch. Actually, you know what? That came up today. I was, um, again, it came up today and I was speaking with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Juju. Um, and I brought that up because that had me think about it again. It's something that like comes up often. It's like you think, okay, yeah, I'm a witch. Boom. And you do your thing. But then it came up again. I'm like, hmm, what? What is that? You know, and to be honest with you, I'm going to go with the general of like, um, it really is very ambiguous to like, it doesn't have a fixed like definition. And I feel like that in of itself as a witch is that it's not defined. You can't really completely define. You can give, I feel like for me, and that's how I feel for myself. Like, um, I mean, I identify as queer, um, you know, as a queer person. And I think in and of that self, um, a lot of definitions of who I feel like I am and redefining who I am is like shape-shifting. It's like coming in and out of uh, these um, labels or whatever I am or have to be or and uh, it's that, you know, it's one moment I, it's like this and then the next it shifts and then it's this and then it's, it's, uh, I don't know if the term is amorphous, but that's, yeah, I feel like that is what I feel like a witch is. And, um, to me at least. And, uh, but also really developing a relationship with, you know, spirit and continuing that as a practice as a way of living. Um, I'm most connected with spirits specifically, but I'm most connected with plant spirits. And I have some that I cultivate on my property, like Elder, which I love her so much. Like she's helped me gone through sickness and, and regular, just everyday things. And just that she's there. And I know that, and I feel strong when I'm around her um, and making medicine with the berries and the flowers um, and Datura, which is another plant uh, that I cultivated on my property and just observing the behaviors and how like the fragrance of the flowers and how um, tra- like in and of themselves, like with Datura trance inducing it is like kind of almost like, like stupor almost like it puts you in like a stupor and i like noticed it and i was like wow this is this is wild and just it's power like that's it's power like one of its powers and i'm just like i love it and it's just like it's really that's what i feel like to me a witch is like it's really involving and in, in engaging it's involvement and engagement with your practice with yourself and with the with your environment invite inner environment as well it's the inner terrains um but also external like being able to connect with our land um with my land and my home and my property but also going outside of that and um really uh, exploring you know my herbal background as an herbalist i think helps a lot of that um, and then, you know, the fauna as well, um, you know, our possums that I'm in Florida. So we have possums and armadillos and squirrels and different kinds of corvids and gators and things like that. And just, you know, observing them and um, just being around them, you know, and, and respect, respecting them. And um, yeah, and, and other kinds of spirits. I am starting to work more uh, now d- developing a a stronger bond with my grandmother that passed away in 2020. Um, I, I believe if it wasn't for the fact that she 
um, she choked on a piece of bread when she was like in an assisted living space, and that's how that's how she passed. But I feel like if that was not the cause of her passing, she'd probably still be alive. She was really she was German, so she's really spunky and spicy and fiery, and I still feel like I you know she visits me in, in my I've had her visit in my dreams, and I love it because I I had such a strong connection with her growing up. Um, you know, she raised me like a lot growing up and my grandfather, he passed away when I was like, uh, fourth grade. So, um, I knew of him and like, I remember things of him, but I don't really have like a strong, vivid, like, you know, experience and memory that I do with my, well, call her my Oma, my grandmother and for German. And, um, so I still feel her and I'm like, um, we have an altar for her, for them, both of them. Um, so I guess some people say there's like ancestral, ancestral veneration, which is, I feel like really important. I'm starting to come back into that and wanting to just kind of develop it a little bit more because even though I know like physically, you know, when our loved ones pass, like, you know, we grieve over and it grieving is that, it doesn't really feel like a never ending process, but it can be not linear. And so I feel like there's parts of me that I never really fully processed through her death in 2020. So I'm, I feel like now that we're shifting into the season of like cooler and it's going to be darker. And I don't know if things can kind of, for me, slow down in certain ways, I can really hone in and focus on that. So actually that's what I'm really excited about um, for my practices in this way. I don't know if that was helpful, but <laughs> <laughs> Do, so you mentioned your grandmother. Did you mm. have any, do you feel like you have any family history with witchcraft? Did anybody practice in your childhood? To be honest, um, it was never really, she grew up Catholic, even though she wasn't, she was the Catholic that was a Catholic because you, that's what your mom was. That's what you were. So I guess that's what you are now, but she never really, really went and like, she wasn't a, she would put it so she wasn't a practicing Catholic. So that's probably easier to say it that way. So she, that's what she was. But other than that, like not really, but I'm going to be honest with you in the room that we have, uh, the house is like a four bedroom house that actually I'm so we still reside in. we split everything. Me and my, uh, my mother, we split everything down the middle. Um, but there was like a room that we had that was her like, like kind of like den sort of. And she and I, I still have them now. Um, but they call them hexes or hexens uh, in German. And so like, there's two witches that they're like uh, dolls, and they are on brooms. And she they were hanging from the ceiling. And as a child, I remember them and always ask her like, what are like, I didn't get it. I didn't understand then. Um, and I would ask like, what are they? And you know, like, what is that? What is a hex? I didn't get it then. Um, and now that I'm older, obviously doing, you know, understanding that it's, I see it, you know, I didn't get it then, but I see it now kind of thing. So it's kind of like that. But I, she was like, oh yeah, like, you know, they're, they're from Germany and like, I brought them over and you, um, you know, you hang them in the house for protection. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I was like, what protection from what? Like, I didn't get it. But now it's, it's, it's a whole different perspective and i i have them i kept them because they're sentimental they're you know they have that they're from her and so um i kept them and i I keep them the same way that they were as she when she was here so other than that what i would consider quote unquote like witch related um 
uh, no, like no one's ever said like, oh, your grandmother was a witch or nothing like that. It wasn't any, I never had any exposure other than just that one story. Is it like those kitchen witches that people had back in like I, the 80s? I think so. But because they're, they're like from a Germany. on her head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're on their little brooms. Yeah. Yeah. They have their little, like the head, like the little head. One has like glasses. She's got like blue, um, like checkered white and blue, like dress. And she's on her broom and she's got these like little wart on the nose. Mm And, um, the other one's almost kind of reminds me of the older, if if Sarah Sanderson actually aged <laughs> uh she would that would be that would be her the purple you know what i mean like burgundy purple kind of like outfit um uh you know with the little hoodie um and then her on her broom too and i have them on opposite sides uh hanging uh in my room near my altar so um yeah and i keep them that's reminds me of her and um i just it's more of a, a memory and then also like keeping that my oma you know was uh, you know, there that she had them for protection in this house, and I just keep them here. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that going, like almost like the tradition of it. So that's cool. Yeah. So, do you have any consistent rituals or practice that you'll share? Rituals, um, yeah. I I've been. It's 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 been a, it's been challenging. Uh, yes, I do have. Um, I do have my altars, my sacred space um, that I have for just my stuff. My room right now is the whole of it is my my space. Um, but I do carve out a specific space where I do ritual for myself. Um, if anything, like, you know, in life, I, I try to find that balance and maintain the balance of the the everyday like work life friends things like the hustle and bustle but i always try to at least um you know if i'm burning some incense or something for my spirits or um i have you know like uh some they're like these little actually they're from my oma too which i just thought about they're like little shot they look like shot they're not glasses. They're actually like a metal. Um, and I use those for like, I pour libations into them and I leave them there, you know? So I, tr- I like offerings if anything is like being able to, um, feed my spirits and give them that like space. Um, and then ever so often, um, you know, like cleaning off, like taking everything out, cleansing it and then rearranging and putting things, uh, maybe a little differently, but sometimes similarly. So, Um, but other than that, um, this, this past, I would say a couple months, uh, since I've actually started this new job has really shifted my relationship, uh, with it. And I do feel a shift now, um, uh, with, I mean, I guess that could be, you know, people that are following, um, planetary movements and et cetera, like, uh, the moon phases, um, I do feel it within this, the work that I just had that job in, like, I feel like it's also moving out um, as I got it. And I think that will really help me come back into my practice and in actually really giving the attention that I actually need to give than I wasn't before. So that is something I'm actually, and then, uh, and then when it gets cooler too, like, I'm really like, 
when it gets cooler, I want to open my windows and like come just, back alive. Yeah, yeah. Like I do. It's gonna be cooler and like open the windows, like sweep, like to take everything out and like that's what I'm. I'm waiting. Like I'm. I'm like just. I it's, can't wait. I can't. Yeah, wait. I'm. I'm waiting for it to happen so that way. Like I'm literally the day that I we get that nice transitional seasonal breeze because we're again for those who are listening. We're in. I'm live in Florida, so cold here it, it like i say like december january we actually get cold but we'll i think october it might drop a little bit a little bit but i'm i'm waiting for that breeze um and just so that way i can with the with the movement of the breeze and the air and the season of that shift that in of itself is movement and so i want to go with the natural cycle of movement of if there's movement in the leaves and the changes and the the breeze like i want to let that in and like move this cuz there's i in my room like there's like sitting it's like there's sitting energy and i feel it and mm-hmm. i just need to like i want to use I want not use. I want to work with nature to allow that to move through my space and kind of do a cl- like a deep clean. I, I need a deep clean, um, and restart and refresh and come back to my space again. So yeah, but in the meantime, I I do my best to at least try to maintain. Uh, like right now, like maintaining the uh, offerings and libations and stuff to them, so that I don't want to like for completely forget. So it's just it's been. A shift but yeah i would say that ritualistically i get it my listeners may have noticed that the things that they were hearing were from like february because once it got to be i don't know april the temperature just shot up to like the hundreds and my air conditioner ran constantly i couldn't record and i'm glad that i obsessively recorded like eight or nine interviews a week for about two months because I've been living (laughs) off that (laughs) because um, it's Arizona and it's, it's hot. Hot. I'm sure it's dry, right? Like a dry heat. Okay. Here it's hot and humid. It's like the, the difference is the (laughs) heat, right? No, for, cause like the difference with dry heat is it's hot, but like it's dry. So like feel quite as hot all the time. Right. And here you get hot, but it's humid. So then you get it, like you feel sticky. It's Every, like, yeah, like, I was going to uh, say, and everything sh- in your whole, whole life just sticks to your body. Yeah. And that actually Gross. could be connected to, like, you know, how energy can, like, just stick to you, you know? And Ugh. I feel like that that's very, very trans, uh, like, it um, translates over into, yeah. Like, so that's why, like, as it gets cooler, it's going to be cooler and, like, cool coolness has a dryness oh, let go to it. of things mm-hmm. yeah that's why i'm like i'm ready i'm like come on mercury yeah. come out of the microwave everything girl just Please like let me open my front door <laughs> uh, just like and then you and also you could save on energy too you can like open your windows <laughs> right having a 400 electric bill would be amazing it's super nice because then that money can go other places that it needs to go <laughs> hello right yeah, but I would say ritualistically, that's that's where I'm at. How would you say witchcraft changed your life? Mm, okay, Whew. let's dive deep. Here we strap go. on, strap on your <laughs> fins, girls. Strap on your fins. Um, it has. I actually same. I had this come up recently too. Um, it has changed my life, and it's and it's still it to this moment still changing my life. Um, and that's why, like, when you said, like, what is a witch? I was like, that is just, it's, 
it's ever moving. It's just constant. Um, but I was going to say, I grew up, um, you know, in a, like, I don't want to say like strict Christian household, but in, I did have to go to church, like, and I'm still working through some of my own personal religious trauma, um, through it. Um, and I think that's how I was drawn even more and more. I feel like they kind of pushed me to it. Like I like left because I just didn't feel personally, um, where I was at that time, like supported. And I just, it felt, didn't feel good. Like going to church, like I just didn't get it. I didn't know why no one explained anything to me. Um, I had a lot of questions that no one could like give me any real like answers to. And, um, even though I know like in and of itself is, is its own personal journey, but I just, it felt too, I think to be honest with you, this is, I feel like this is going to be loaded. I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like to be a witch, not like born, but I feel like you just, you just know. Cause like I've always, I like I've always by nature have been like, I'll ask questions. And like, I know in like the church, like you really don't ask questions. Like you just, whatever they say, you just go with it. And like, yeah, like that's what it is. And I'm like, but is it, you know, and like, I just, even just saying that is like blasphemous. Like, it's just, I've always been that way. I've always been curious. I've always like, just uh, try to do my own thing. Even coming out as queer, um, at a young age, like I've, I knew coming out, uh, was going to be a challenge at the time in high school. And I was like, well, you know what? Like I have to accept myself as I am. Cause if I don't, then there's nothing else. Right. So I did it. I was like, boom, here I am. Kind of very like a, a statement, but a statement in to be like, it was my way of like, it's my way of like protecting myself. Because if I just accept the things that I already am and explore it, then people can try to like make fun of you or whatever. I'm like, but you're, you're telling me something I already know. Like, don't like, you know what I mean? Like, so at that point, I just felt like my queerness at an early age of just being who I was like wearing a rainbow belt into like high school into especially an all athletic like driven high school like it was it was a statement but it was like this is me and not even that but it was also like it was more than just being gay because even then I was like, this is, there's more to this. And it was like, just being able to be myself, being weird, being diff- being weird and like, not to say different, like, but de- being who I am and the strangeness that I'm becoming, especially being, I guess, a witch in that way, the strangeness, the odd, the odd things, the, the, the things that you interest us that are not common for most people are, uh, is me. And I was like, so it wasn't even just coming out as gay it it was coming out as me and that's how i feel like whatever that was and whatever it is at the time in in high school and so that's that's what it just felt like and then i so i've always been very um in certain ways very uh like a little bit adversarial (laughs) by nature just like questioning things and like you know pushing against you know like I would go to church and like, I, like I would skip cause I just didn't like, I would go because I had to, but I wouldn't like, I would get there and then I would like almost like skipping class. Like I would skip sessions or whatever you call them. And, 
um I would go like out in the playground or whatever with a friend and then we would run back and like be there right when it let out for the adults <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So very mischievous in that way. Like I just, I, I've, I guess you could say even by saying that it just goes to show like I, I did what I wanted and not in like a way that was like, did I want to like hurt people? I did what I wanted and I did me and that's what it was. And that's how I feel like I've always been. And I feel like that, the nature of that kind of alludes to my, I think in my, my path of where I'm at now, like it almost is very telling of where I'm going and it's, it's right where I'm at now. Good. It's my kind of people. Yay. <laughs> but we are, we are really othered very much. So like, it's, it's just this, the challenges of being alone, like, and not alone to be like, whoa, like play my little violin, but alone, like it is ostracizing. backup. Yeah, ostracizing because you're the weirdo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're the weirdos, mister. But like very much so. But like very much so in and it's challenging. On a mental, a mental, emotional level, I think I'm only child. Um I have like a brother and a sister, and I have a lot of people in my life that I consider family. And the brother and sister, I mean, they're not blood related, but they're um, we're really close. Like I've known them at a really young age. So I have a lot of people like that, like chosen family that I would consider very much so to stay so family um but other than that biologically i'm only child so i spent a lot of time not by myself like i had friends and stuff i grew up with but i did a lot of things still by myself and i think that also kind of you know i was a- alone in a way if that makes sense not to be like sad but to be like alone like i like i like it like i can do what I want to do. And like, I can like the things that I want to like. And, you know, and that's what it was when I was younger. And then over time, I think there was other influences, but I feel like I'm coming back a little bit more into that now. So, yeah. Not having to worry about other people's desires or needs is really freeing Mm, when you can, when you can do it. I'm not saying that we should always do it, but I do think it's something we all need periodically. Yeah. Like it's, it is, it's liberating. And that's why, you know, they would say like, oh, like the, the, um, I would consider, you know, maybe the folk, folk, which devil, you know, the liberator, um, is freeing. The idea of freedom is to just be authentically you, even if it's messy. there's a part of that the shadow that is you it's not othered it's you and but we other it because we don't want to see that part of us that's messy even though we are (laughs) as humans right and so i feel that it's being able to that's part of my practice too is continue it's a it's not something you just do one day and then you're, you're free like it's 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 a continual thing and so um yeah, I, I mean, you, you make strides in it, but it, it's new things come up and even for myself and it's it is liberating. But again, it goes back into like the more the more free you are for yourself, the more to society you look like you're like the weirdo or you're the you're the one they're like, oh, stay away from that. Like they're they're other like, other is dangerous. Yeah. But it's like also at the same time reflected back to them. It's a mirror. It's a direct mirror. It's literal. It's a literal mirror to share with them and to say, you know, it's okay to have your practices and and follow other people and other you know things like that. But also like 
it's also okay to find out what you are about, like know thyself, you know, and that's, I think the most powerful like phrase as a witch or any magical practice, I think is a great phrase or saying, but I think is the most powerful aspect of a witch is know thyself, you know, know, know you because a part of being a witch is we take accountability and responsibility for ourselves being self-governed sovereignty over ourself. And it takes a strong person to do that because accountability and responsibility even goes down into the things that when you make a mistake or you do a, like a forgive my, uh, mouth but when you do a fuck up essentially um you know and it's okay like we're human like that's part of the mess like it's okay you know and as long as we are then being like you know what i'm owning up to whatever this is the whatever that happened you know whatever transpired i'm gonna take accountability and responsibility for this that i have enacted on this and that is the difference i feel like for me it's not easy because the ego kind of sort of sets in is like no you didn't do anything wrong or or it's them not you or you know and some some cases you know like i think it's good to reflect but also um, you know, and see like if it really is, you know, you or what part do you what part do you play in this role or what part do yeah. you play in a dynamic? Yeah, accountability is accountability. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your biggest motivator in your practice, and has it changed since you first started practicing? Motivator in my practice, Oof. honestly, just the awe of the practice in of itself. I think what I, why I keep doing what I'm doing is because the more that I do it, the more I find myself or I find a part of myself that I didn't get to explore when I was young because I was told who to be and what to be. And I think that through witchcraft is to kind of go back in a couple questions that you said to kind of weave this together is I think that's really what it is, is I feel like I can tap into a part of me that I never, or not that I never, but that I didn't, feel like I could or should there's that the should right but you should. yeah and yeah and uh now that's so it's like it's it, it is it and yeah I mean it's terrifying <laughs> I'm telling people like people are like yeah but they're like no girl it's also very terrifying like and it's okay <laughs> to say that it's okay to say witchcraft is terrifying like it's the the path in of itself it's weaving the light and the dark together and like um and you're going to get into those darker parts of yourself. And that's what really I feel like for myself in, in like I said, continual, like it's a continual journey. As far as I've gotten now, there's more to go. And I am really excited. And I know there's parts where I've like, I don't say, I, I, I don't say slack or lack, but I definitely say have allowed my attention to go to things that, um, don't benefit me and uh being able to come back to my craft it was always it's always there like so it's not ever like lost loot like i'm never gonna lose it but it's always gonna be there but the thing is like and that's the thing with like it's it's there for me and i'm there for it and it's that relationship it's a relationship with your craft and um i come back and i feel at home and i'm like okay oh my gosh like it 
has been a rough week, a rough month, but you know what? Like I'm going to pour my libations. I'm going to give my offerings to my spirits. I'm going to light my candle and sit there and just be. And sometimes it's just sitting there and being, and that's it. Um, or if I'm actually doing like a work specifically, then yeah, that's different. But sometimes I just sit there and be at my altar and with the spirits there and, that's it. Like I just sit there and be, and if something comes through, it does. If it doesn't, that's all that matters. Like I, I have something that's mine, but mine in the way that's like, you know, I don't have to share it with like someone in that way. Like I can have this for me, carve out this space for me and my spirits, you know, but again, I don't mind sharing some of that with, with people. Just certain things are for us, for me and the Mm -hmm. spirits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> what is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft? Struggle. I would say thus far, um, when I hit those points of terror, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow, hi, you know, um, and then working through that. But also, I was going to say, kind of going back to the original um is the consistency of maintaining the the like like I said like the consistency of it is like maintaining it and the maintenance of it in the way that like I like I said getting caught too caught up in the world and not coming back to that and like there are points in my life where I will be heavily in it and like I'm in my craft and then there will be points where I get swept away with the world you know and it's very real um and then I'm reminded because of the world that I get burnt out or I just need to I'm like all right I need to check back in with my myself and my craft and come back and light my candle so I'd say like that is that's probably the challenging part and then also dating <laughs> or just like relationships like i've had you know like it it really does um people think it's you know whatever and like oh you worship the devil and i'm like not what you quite think uh yes and no but this is a lot <laughs> to go into and i just met you um you know here's i at this point i'm like here's some resources like you can do your own research into it i can share what i want but i feel like it's just it gets exhaustive to like you know people that uh come from you know a background that is primarily christian even if they don't actually go to church they say i'm christian they're christian because of their upbringing or whatever and then they like perceive you a certain way and then they like try to like bring you to god i don't know i'm like listen i was there yeah and i'm like i don't right and it's it's different it's it's like i said she leads a lonely life and it's that and uh oh nobody's ever said dating before so that's a fun answer right dating is a part of it because like i mean being if as a witch it's not something you kind of like turn on and off like you are like yeah. you, you practice, like it's a lifestyle. It's the way that you live, you live it. And so you are like a part of me, like being like queer, like I don't just turn off and on when I want to be gay, like, or, you know, it's just, it is a part of me I, every day. Like it's the thing. So it's kind of like the part, the sh- thing I struggled with is acceptance from people, especially in the dating world, um, where they, might struggle accepting some parts like that those parts of me you know um and it's it's still me 
at the end of the day, but it's just those things that they're struggling with because of their upbringing and, and perspective and uh, mind space of what they think they know or what they perceived as like bad or hell or I don't know, whatever they think that is. And, and yeah. And it's funny because they, oh, no, um, I, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> um, you reminded me, I, I used to ask this question, do you think being a witch is a choice? And some, and like, you know, people would say yes or no or have their arguments. But to me, it is like being gay in that, okay, if you are a witch, whether you practice or not, you're still a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. It's kind of like, oh, God. But I, I feel it's coming out. It's like all the things I just I feel it. It's like okay, so like I mean I'm also biracial. Um, my mom's side is German, uh, Germanic, like my Oma I mentioned, uh, which I have a I have a stronger. Uh, this just for what it was my upbringing. I had a stronger connection to my mom's side of the family than my dad. Uh, but my dad's side is black, which I know black is like okay, well black is a shade. Not what is that? So I did a little bit of ancestral like digging. I want to do it again just to kind of verify that my resources are accurate. Um, but for what I could dig up, um, a little bit of like uh, Nigerian on like DNA wise, like Nigerian, uh, like Egyptian and like Middle Eastern on my dad's side, like in that aspect um, of what we consider black. Um, but yeah, so multiracial black. So growing up, having that, I feel it's like I can't not be black or I cannot be just white. Like I am what I am. You know, I can't just turn it on or off. Like it is what it is. And it's kind of like that with like or gay or like a witch. Like it is just you and or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think and and that might even go to speaking, you know, I don't know I feel like we're talking about so many, all the controversial stuff's coming up. Uh, this is like the controversial episode. Uh, like, uh, but like Michael Jackson and, you know, like maybe his struggle and his upbringing. I don't know him. I don't know, met the man in my life and rest his soul. Um, but, you know, like the, the conflict with, uh, you know, our skin tone and things like that or being gay and like not wanting to be gay because uh you it's hard yeah or being queer because society it's all the things that how society perceives us and we change ourselves the parts of ourselves that are who we are because the greater whole or not greater whole but like society deems- i see the finger quotes as i hear you say that <laughs> yeah society says you know, these are bad or don't do that or don't be that or that. And then we're like, okay, okay. You know, like, and then we change because we want to make them comfortable, you know, and that's, it's a part of that. It's like being comfortable and uncomfortable, like being gay, being black, being whatever, being, being a witch, like it's people that don't like it. They're uncomfortable, but it's like, guess what? It is what it is. Like, you know, I said what I said kind of thing. How do you think it feels to know that they're uncomfortable just because we fucking exist? I mean, how do they think that feels? Sir, I'm I'm not even sorry that they're uncomfortable. Good. Join the fucking crowd. (laughs) Join. Here's your card. It'll come in the, actually, you know what? Here's this, though. Your card will come in the mail. It might take a couple business days, but welcome to humanity, bitch. Right. Like, you know, and, and it's like, you're just, it's like, I start to realize like their discomforts 
are a moment to take to like step out of their discomfort just for a moment and really examine it for themselves. It's not my job to examine your discomfort. It's your job to look at your own discomfort and look at how you can use your discomfort as an opportunity to grow. Because <laughs> right, your discomfort is telling you it's telling you inside you can grow from this. But we don't because we are so used to creating these bubbles of comfort. Don't get me wrong. I love my, you know, my space is my comfort. You know, we have our zones, our comfort zone. And yes, we do need our moments to like relax and chill. But at the same exact time, we also need to push and grow and grow. And if you're living in a- with other people. Right. And because that's what, that's what earth is. Is that's what this whole planet is, is sharing space with spirits, sharing space with the flower, the, the plants, the flora, the fauna, the, the mineral kingdom, the, the elements, the, the down to the people, you know, it's, it's an ecology, you know what I mean? It's, and that's part of, as a witch, as an animist, someone that really is like, you have to really view things as this is a shared space. Yes, you can carve out, like, if you look at animal nature, right? So the animal, and even in the plant kingdom, uh, certain behaviors of, you know, plants and flora, flora fauna, um, you know, what we call territory, like territorial animals, like they have their territory or plants that will kill other plants or produce uh, like, you know, chemicals in the ground that will kill off or ward away other plants. Cause like, this is my territory. So it's very interesting, but humans do it too. We do it down. So it's something that I think is worth exploring, but at the same exact time um, you go into a jungle, there's plants everywhere. They're coexisting, you know, to the fungus, to the, you know, to the fauna, uh, the, to the fauna there that coexists with the flora, you know. So even though they have their own territories, they still live together at the same time. So I think that's kind of this, this very interesting thing that I just went down there. Right <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. It is interesting. But I just think that um, it's, it's really, like I said, a shared space. It's a shared space and being able to like have something for you is important, you know, but then also know that it's not all for you. Meaning like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and that really, I think balances out, um, it gives us balance of humbleness. It humbles us to be like, you deserve to have your, your, your place. Like you have your space, like, yeah, have your home. Uh, but also you, this is not all yours. Like there are other beings and, and spirits here that also need their space too. And you're like, okay, I get that. You know, that makes sense. And then it's balance. Ideally it's like in a quote unquote, perfect world. Absolutely. Yeah. What is your favorite tool in your practice and why and how do you use it? And it does not have to be a physical object. Mm, that's a good question. Whew. All right. Um, well, my, I would say myself, but um, because I, you know, the vessel I am, uh, but I would also say like as a object, like I would say an object as a spirit, as an object um, through divination 
I have my like my cards that I use to work with, um, you know, so like doing before I do a working, which I've learned over time in the beginning, I didn't. But then over time, I learned through people in my life that uh, helped also influence my craft, uh, you know, recommenders suggested, you know, doing divinations before doing any type of work. So like, you know, and then I was like, it makes so much sense. And I love that. And it works. So, you know, through mistakes and failures, like I learn. Um, and so divination, so my cards, and then I have a pendulum that I made from, uh, I had a detora root that I, well, detora plant, and then it died, it died, died, not just died back, but it died. So I harvested it and then I crafted it into, um, a pendulum that I use for either working with the dead or just spirits in general, like getting more of like a, a yes or a no kind of, um, answers, um, versus like the cards being not so, direct yes or no or like they might lean towards yes or no but there's more to it um where those are my divination tools that i use um and then um i have a rattle that i crafted with uh oak and oak wood um and these seed pods that grow here in florida it's like a tree and there's like these brown pods and they when they dry out um they hit the ground and then they'll just like sit there although they'll rot away or they'll dry out and they rattle like if you shake it it has a rattling sound i was like this would be perfect to make it to a rattle so i just crafted it into this um oak wood um and then i made a rattle and i've used that for my own like uh trans states and also like helping to disperse energies um in like stagnant energies in rooms so i have used that to kind of that rhythm kind of get myself into a trance state so my rattle and my divination tools um that i utilize um are my like go-to those are like my go-to's um but i have a couple other tools too but those are just i guess to make it simple those are my go-to's I want to make a rattle now. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's the tools we have, not the tools we have around us. Just, I mean, it's the things you least expect. Like I was like out walking. I saw this like really weird bean looking thing and I pick it up and I'm like, and I'm like, and I shook it and I'm like, oh, it rattles. And I'm like, <laughs> Ooh, I like these. <laughs> and then immediately just kind of hit me. And I was like, I'll make a rattle of it. And it, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Think of the three biggest influences on your practice. What would you thank them for? So would you say... Uh, it doesn't actual- have to be people. Oh, okay. Um, I would say I have a f- like some people that I would say that... Um, I have a mentor, Matthew Venus. Shout out to you, boo, if you're listening. Um and Matthew Venus, my mentor, uh, Spiritus Arcanum on Instagram, little, little shout out there, um, definitely has helped me uh, uh, sharpen and 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 uh, maybe even redefine some of my craft. Um, I like a lot of it to be like through my own personal experiences, but I think it's super helpful to have through your craft like um, uh, some kind of mentor to uh, give another fresh perspective on it and things that we don't see. Um, especially because we don't have exposure to. So I, I really do appreciate him. Um, and then also Austin Bainix Bramble, love girl, uh, has uh, shown me a lot too through their methods and uh, their podcast and um, just 
like the ins- it's more inspirational to be inspired to really just jump down my own rabbit hole and, and do that. So um, yeah, I would say those two through my practice. And to be honest, like I'm really grateful for earlier, I'll go back to it, um, you know, because I leaving the church and being kind of not say ostracized, but like by that, I would don't think I would have, I don't know. I don't think I would have be where I'm at now because of that. So I think that was like the start of it. Just like, you know, stepping away, um, whether you, if you want to call it spirit or whatever that pushed me in this direction, I I'm grateful for that. Cause if not, I would be there. So I love that. Mm. Yeah. That is interesting. Do you have any advice for new witches? Yes. Oh, here's the book. Boom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. Just with people that are coming more and more into themselves, um, first of all, as a witch, carrying that mantle is what it is. Um, just knowing that uh, it can be a lonely life. Uh, especially if you're walking and you're treading this crooked path, right? Um, it's It can be lonely. And it's not to say pull out my little teeny violin and what was me, but it is just you have to be really comfortable and learn to be... Um, uh, I don't want to say empowered, but really um, okay with that. And you're going to get uncomfortable because you're, you're so used to like people being around you and telling you what to do and like your friends or your family or whatever, your coworkers, but it's a very personal practice. And no matter what they say, it doesn't matter because it's for you and you don't have to share anything. Even if they ask you, you, you can respectfully decline to say, Hey, thank you for being, for being curious. Um, you know, you know, in a respectful way, like tell them like, you know, thank you for being curious. Um, you know, I appreciate you asking, but there's just certain things I am not able to divulge to you. Um, and that's it, you know, and if they don't like it too bad, uh, cause it's for you. And, uh, so really like, you know, and lean into, if you get to an exercise or something that you're doing, like I shared that experience, like that terrifies you, you're doing it right. <laughs> you're like, Oh my God, no, I'm not oh God, like, but like, no, you're doing it. I don't want to say right to say right, but I mean, you're that's, that's you're on the right that's path. It. You're on the right path. You're doing it right. Then if you're scared shitless, like you're doing it. And I think that really <laughs> does set someone else. That's like, I don't want to do witchcraft. Okay, great. You don't have to be a witch. You can practice magic and not be a witch. Um, magic is magic and witchcraft is magic, but not all magic is witchcraft. So, you know, you can, you can do it and be like, I don't think witchcraft is for me, but I love magic. Great. That's awesome. You know? And, but if you are like, no, I, I am a witch or like, that's, what you what you know what you feel deep down inside of you then great just know that this is part of your path and the discomforts and the darker parts of yourself and exploring it um no one can tell you about it but you because that's your journey um and that's the beauty of it it's liberating that's the liberating part of it it's scary because no one's telling you what to do it's you walking it step by step 
terrifying, but liberating because you are walking it and you are doing it for you. And that's all that matters. And by the more that you do it, the more that you really start to see yourself bloom the way that you are meant to be on your own. And it's wonderful. It's like I said, it's there, it's scary, and you might lose some leaves. Um, meaning people in your life that you thought were there and they're not because they're like, oh, you're weird, or there's like, where you you collect bones, like what, like you know, and it's like if you'll know the true people that are going to be in your life if they love you no matter what, click bones, pee on, like piss in jars, whatever, like you know what I mean, like they're like. I don't understand this and you, but I love you and I'm, and I'm here for you. And that's it. And you know, like, perfect. That's it. That's all. Just love me. That's it. I don't, I don't need you to have to understand every single thing I do. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of people are afraid to go down this path because they do feel like they're going to be ostracized by their friends or what they're going to think about them. But that's, that's the thing is if you can mentally and physically get over that and get through that part, you're going to do just fine. It's just getting past the what other people think about you or what they're going to say about you or what your friends are going to think or say. It doesn't matter if that's it's part of your it's your practice. It's, it's not their practice. It's your craft. And that's it. And you share what you want. And I think that's the that's this. I think that's a good enough, I think. And, and really engage in your environment like go out and explore the plants and the flora and the fauna like as if you were like a brand new to this world. Because like you said, like, you I don't really, like, you say, yeah, I don't want to say b- the term baby witch, but I would say like coming more into yourself as a witch, that might be more appropriate. But yeah, you kind of are exactly like you said. Um, And so come into it with the awe of magic of like really putting yourself in the men- mindset of, of magic and seeing everything maybe in a different perspective. Yeah. The, the group that I run around with, the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour group. Um, the thing that they are saying lately is look at it with your vampire eyes. Mm-hmm. That quote from Anne Rice where um, Lestat tells Lewis, look around with your vampire eyes because things look different now that he's been changed. Mm. That's what you need to do. Look yep. around with your vampire eyes. With your witchy eyes. Yeah. With your witch's eye. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, with your witch's eye. Yeah, and that's it's a different lens, literally, brunch. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, you're gonna be looked at weird. You but embrace it. That being a witch is weird. Like if, for those that haven't seen the craft, like do it, girl. Like what? It's we are the weirdos. Like be weird, and it's not to do it to be cool. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I can't even imagine what my neighbors think of me wandering around the yard looking at dirt and talking to rocks. (laughs) That's the thing. Who knows? They probably like, I don't know what this woman is doing out here talking to the plants. At night. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So like she is up to something. I don't know. She and like for all we know she is. So um, but yeah. Um, it's just, and the more you embrace your weirdness and your queerness also queer doesn't also mean gay. I think we can go into that. I want to talk on that a little mm-hmm. bit, but yeah, like being queer isn't just for gay people or queer people like queer in of itself by definition, it's just weird or different or strange. Yep. So by definition, I ID as it. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your sexual orientation of who you are attracted to is one thing. And, you know, but being queer 
or queerness and of itself by definition is just strange and odd and not the not the calm it's the uncommon and that is saying the queerness with inside yourself as a witch and i think that's why there's a lot of queer practitioners and also in the lgbtq plus community um but because they relate so much because you know, being a witch and then also being like queer in the way like gay or bi or whatever, you know, trans, um, you know, and so there's a lot of overlap there, but it's because all of it is in the realm of queerness of it's in the realm of otheredness, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's possibly why I've just also fallen into that realm as well. So. This is a fun. I <laughs> this love is it. such a good one. I love how I enjoyed this conversation so much. I had a great time too. This is awesome. I I need this. I like get like stuck in my own little bubbles and things like that. I'm like, I need to just so I was like, when you said let's do it, I'm like, let's do that. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think it would be fun to have on the show to answer these questions or whatever flies out of my mouth? Oh, I have I have a list, Guru. Uh, so, well, my co-host Kane uh, from my podcast, uh, Satyrs and Sinners, um, would love him to be on there. Um, he'd do great. Uh, and then I would say, if you haven't interviewed uh, them yet, I would say probably Austin and uh, Marshall from uh, Bainex Bramble and uh, Southern. I was um, able to finally talk to them. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I didn't know. But if you haven't done it yet, I was like, yeah, definitely them. Yes, I love um, them. I love them. And uh, yeah, so Keen and then... Um, ooh. Uh, they might have been... It, Austin might have been the one. It was either Austin, Marshall, or um, David from Porous Palms. One of those three recommended I talk to you. Uh, David did. Uh, he sent me. Yeah, um, he sent me. He was like, "Hey, like this person, I want to see if they're interviewed." I was like, "Yeah, sure, totally." So David did. Yeah, he's so sweet. Um, and so, oh no, I was trying to think. Like, um, I would say um, comes to mind uh, Nicholas Pearson. Uh, Lumin- the Lu- I think it's Luminous Pearl or the yes. Luminous Pearl. Okay, I don't know if you've they're super knowledgeable and like wisdom and knowledgeable in the realm of the mineral kingdom, especially like you know crystals in general. But the mineral kingdom, super knowledgeable. So that'd be really cool. Um, also practicing a practitioner as well. Um, I'm just trying to think. Those were like those like came to my mind. Um, I know there's like the um kitchen toad they're really interesting i've chatted with them here and there um i'm just an instagram people i'm thinking about that i actually do like chat with Ooh, the hermetic arts um on instagram um i forget his name but he's so sweet um he draws does like a lot of sigil work and so that would be super cool i think he would be great um to talk a little bit about his own probably practice um buy yeah. and sly <laughs> what was it buy and sly oh yeah they, uh, they they're very open they're about their sexual yeah, i absolutely was looking yeah. these people up as you were the uh, the the last two were the only ones i wasn't following so yay me for having some sort of idea what's happening in <sighs> <my> olivia <laughs> oh my god olivia um dying dying, dying too yeah dying. olivia yeah <laughs> witch of wanderlust yeah, yeah i want yeah, I would love to have her on our podcast. That'd be great. Um, haven't yet, like you said. Um, 
yeah, those are like, I mean, the tops I was like thinking of like, in the top of my head right now. I'm sure there's, I have a list. I could probably maybe later on like send you. They'll probably pop in as like we're done. And we're like, yeah, these people. Um, just at the top of my head, that's that was 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 there. Um, yes, yeah, if, send me whatever name you want. Heck yeah, yeah, because that makes people more likely to say yes. Frankly, if I'm like such and such said, I should ask you. <laughs> mm. Oh, ooh. Just came through. Uh, the Witch Illumasanti, Alum- I believe. Illumasanti. Uh, they're, I believe, I believe they're non-binary. Um, and they practice Catholicism with witchcraft. Oh. Right. That We had them on our th- episode three. Actually, we had them back again, I think, um, in season two. But season one, we had them on episode, I think, three. And it's uh, Body and Blood was the name of the episode. If you guys want to check that out, season one. But uh, Body and Blood. But they that was like my first real time to actually like interview someone that is dual faith. And I love that because I like I struggle with my own religious trauma. So I was like, how do you like, you know, do this? And it was just great to have them on. So that might be really cool for a lot of people out there that are listening that are dual faith or want to be dual faith or are, you know, maybe grew up in a Christian or Catholic household that, you know, even though it's, they might be interested in witchcraft that, um, you know, maybe they still hold a lot of their traditions and things like that in their Christian home and upbringing and are kind of conflicted. And you definitely can practice both. Um, and I think, uh, they have a, they have a podcast episode, the, um, is it the red thread? I think it's like the red, I think it's the red thread or something. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm butchering it. I, the red, the red text, the Ooh. red text. Yeah. Because the red text is like the word of God, you know? So the red text, yes. The red thread. I don't know where that came from, but the red text is what it's called. Uh, the podcast. Um, they're great. Voga is, uh, their name and, um, love them. Great person. Funny. Awesome. Yay. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that was okay. That was the for I'm sure there's more, but that was those are the ones that just came through for right now. Sweet. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Anything that I didn't ask or anything you wanted to ask me? I mean, I kind of want to ask some of the similar questions, like, you know, your craft and stuff, but I feel like that would be like kind of like a dual interview. <laughs> um but um you want, I have cool with me. Um if you have time, I have time. What I guess like maybe what got you there maybe one question I'll say and then um what got you to do the this podcast? Like what brought you to like inspire Noziness. <laughs> oh noziness, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. I like to uh I like to know shit and mm-hmm. this is how I get people to tell me stuff. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. That's one way to do it. Mm. Um Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean also a great way to like meet new people and yeah. network, but also um, just uh, get to learn, you know, and like explore and it's like been super interesting. It's opened mm. so many doors. Realistically, it was because I have a jewelry business and I was like, how, how can I promote my jewelry business? I know I'll do a podcast and every day, every week I can say brought to you by blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it turned out to be something that I actually enjoy. And this has taken the front seat. And put the jewelry business in the backseat. So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's, it's like actually that. Really fun. I like that I am community building and and sharing people. Sharing people, it's fun. Mm. I like, and I like thinking of people who are 
secluded or isolated. And this shows them that there are a million ways to be a witch. Mm, yeah. And there's so there's your way is probably okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's just really interesting um how you know people semantics over semantics like mm-hmm. what is a witch and what's not a witch and good and bad and evil and what you should or shouldn't do and it's like that's why when you know it get asked the question like what's a, i think that's a great way to put it like what is a witch to you you know um because there's the more historical traditional sense of what a witch is but then i also go into like but regardless of the historical which is still accountable you know it's it's there but like what is a witch to you and i think that's a really it's because it's a very personal journey so again like i said i'm not going to tell i don't have the time nor do i have the energy to really care or tell anybody what they like what is or what is not but um all I will just say is for those, like, I think it's good if you're going to carry the mantle of a witch, I think it is good to learn uh, the roots of it, mm-hmm. uh, especially historically the roots of it. And, you know, not just like what people have said a witch is, but like actually like do some research and like some reading and looking into take some classes, like, you know, really, really dive in. Um, and you'd be surprised what you find. But uh, and or like what you think a witch was or whatever. And you're like, wow, like, that's actually you know um for those actually it's really funny have have you ever seen the show salem on i, I think it's on a hulu i don't know <gasps> there's, there's re- lots of things with that in the name so i'm not sure which you mean <laughs> oh okay um the the so the who on hulu there's a show called salem and of course like salem massachusetts so like um it's Pretty much, it's essentially like based on the witch trials. Uh, it's a TV show, so of course there's gonna be drama. Um, but they, I feel like I've seen it once all the way through, and then I've like started kind of rewatching it again because you miss things like the first time. Yeah, and it's three seasons, and it's from verbatim of the like documented historical aspects of what a witch is or does. Um, they threw it, they, they put it all in there to wit to the, you know, the witches sabbat to the flying, the flying ointments, um, to the witches devil, uh, to, you know, of course, like the hag and, uh, the, uh, the Puritans and like the hangings and the burnings and the stonings and, um, the, the witch, um, I was going to say the, uh, like the, the witch scares, I guess, like everybody's scared that you're, uh, say you just like point to one person, you say they're, right, but yeah, but like back then, their version of the satanic, like back then, like the, and so, um, they would just burn or kill anybody that was like different. You didn't, weren't even a witch. And actually in the show, uh, the main character, Mary Sibley, she's kind of like the sort of like head of them all, but not really. She just, she found her way into like the whole village of being, she's like the main witch that like no one suspects as a witch because part of also being a witch and their powers is to um, abusicate or to Mm -hmm. uh, conceal or to hide or to redirect focus and attention. And so a lot of the things is they would redirect uh when it would get too close to the actual actual witches that are witches uh they would for survival so that they don't die or get burned they would redirect uh the accusations and things like that to other innocent quote-unquote innocent people um 
and then they would get burned or hung or whatever, um, and they weren't actually witches. They just were a little off, and it was just easy for the witches, the actual witches, to mm-hmm. uh, redirect the focus onto them and stay alive. Which was really interesting. I was like, that's really, that's powerful. That's really cool. That's like that curse where all you do is tell people you're going to curse them and then ignore them. And then they're like, holy fuck, everything bad that happened to me is her fault. <laughs> yeah, that is. But in a way, if you think about it, it is a curse. Yeah, especially it, if it, you're it, really paranoid. Yeah, it, that's part of like the witch craze. And like, it works. Excuse me. It it works because it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want someone to go mad, you know what I mean? I mean, you could do like actual like craft and like craft something to maybe make them go crazy or whatever, like make them go mad, you know, in their way, like uh, in the mind, you can add maybe like make a poppet and like say a charm over it and, or a curse over it and make them go like confused or mad. Um, And a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but but you can do it the other way. (laughs) Yeah. And then it could be very just direct in their face, you know, and, um, or it's like kind of like the, I don't want to say scare tactic, but kind of like scaring them into like that they're cursed and, and then they believe it and then they're cursed, you know? And so they undo it. Um, I feel like that might be a whole other thing, but like curse work and hexes, like some people, some people that are following, uh, like that follow, traditionally i guess i follow wicca i'm not a wiccan because people ask me that like oh my god you're wicca i'm like nope i'm a witch i'm not a wiccan they're the same (laughs) they're all they're both witches right so every uh like all wiccans are witches but not all witches are wiccan i've had to explain yeah the words because it's a specific path of right exactly and so um, I'm not super familiar with Gardenarian or Alexandrian Wicca, but I do know like some of them do believe in like the law of three and like what you do comes back to you. But as a witch, like it's not about that. Like you need something to get done. Like you got to do what you got to do. And especially if it's now, like I said, I'm not like over here slinging curses left and right, but if someone's trying to, um, like I have a friend of mine, like she works at a bar downtown and that's her job. And, um, you know, like she has had guys like harass her and she like works at a bar and she gets off at like three o'clock two three o'clock in the morning, walking to her car by herself. She has to like be on the phone always. Cause so that way in case something happens yep. and she's had already interactions with guys that are a little questionable. So like, yeah, I mean, if something, you know, making her something that might be for protection or whatnot, like is great. Cause at the end of the day, you know, or if she needs to enact and act in herself to protect herself. Yeah. Uh, do it because absolutely you, they're not holding themselves accountable of, you know, consent and things like that. They're just going to do what they want and who's going to, who else is going to do it, but the witch. So that's how I kind of view, you know, it varies depending on degree of like, you know, do you want them to like trip and fall or I don't know, like or straight up put them six feet under the ground. So like, it just depends on what you want to happen. But, at the end of the day, everything in nature has the right to defend itself. Yep. And we are part of that. We're no we're not separate as much as we think we are. And also, I am Justify again. For those that are listening, um, you can find me at Justifies Jujus on Instagram. And uh, also my main page, which I'm switching over, is you can find me at Justifies Jujus. That's gonna be my now 
business page. At one point, I had them all together for my personal and business or professional page. But now I'm actually shift like I'm shifting them. So now the Justifies Juju's page, which has always been, will just be just for my professional stuff. And then I have my personal page, which you guys are more than welcome to follow me on. It's just Justin underscore Towns, N-E-S, uh, 0316. And that's my... um my personal page, which has a lot of more of my other stuff on, but both of those are my two will be like my two main like pages. Um, but if you guys just want to follow just my professional page or justifies jujus, please do so. And justifies for my website. Um, and Oh, and uh, check out on Spotify. If y'all got it, uh, satyrs and sinners. So like Seder, like a Seder S A T. Gosh, I got me. Why are, Y-R, yeah, S-A-T-Y-R, Seder in plural. So Seders, S-A-T-Y-R-S, and then Seders and Sinners. Um, but I think it's the, instead of A-N-D, it's just uh, that like... Am- ampersand. Like, yeah, ampersand uh, symbol, and then Seder, Sinners, yeah. And uh, I think there's there's two seasons so far. We've had a lot of shifts in our life, and we're, we're getting back to it slowly. But you guys can check out what we currently have now. Um I think that's it. I don't have any other you like readings. I do Sugar readings and I, shadow work. I saw. Mm-hmm. I do offer uh, readings and uh, shadow work sessions, readings, and as a practicing herbalist, I do offer offer uh, herbal consultations. Um, everything is. I've pretty much mostly everything comes starts off as a consultation. I don't really do any kind of like in the moment like sounds like well i have a stomach ache what could you give me like very allopathic like i will pretty much more than likely be asking questions um so just know that they're going to be consultations first um but yeah feel free to on my website you can book them there or if you feel more comfortable through my instagram can contact me there or email at justifiesjujus.com definitely uh at gmail.com sorry justifiesjujus at gmail.com and um yeah, so if you have questions about that, definitely contact me. Um, yeah, and I'm actually in the process right now of I have a Shopify, but it's in it's like it's available. It's actually on my personal, uh, no, I'm sorry, on my business page, um, Justifies Juju's Instagram. So you can access my Shopify there, and I do have I sell some uh, live cutting plants and seeds that you can purchase there. Um, some of them like datura and patchouli um, that I grow Ooh. myself. Yeah, and uh, I could do like live cuttings. Yeah, we this one's a Java patchouli. It's like a variety of patchouli, but it smells amazing. It smells just like very. It smells like new money, and you know how new money has like a smell to it. Like it's got that like you get like a fresh dollar bill that's like just printed. It's like what it smells like. The leaves nice. and the flower. Yeah. So it smells amazing. Um, obviously then you maybe could do that in working for prosperity and financial work. But um and then I also have some products up there. I can make custom um like I've been like I was mentioning earlier, custom spirit houses or effigies of the sort, um, for people if they want like, you know, to work with specific spirit that they're working with, I can make the vessel. Um, or if they want uh, you know, an effigy of a someone, I can do that. Um so it's customizable. Um so yeah, I have that on there. And then um I'm releasing a collection soon. Stay in tune for that. I know as we get into the cooler season, it'll be that's probably when I'll officially like launch it. But they're they're there. You can actually purchase. Um, they're available the, the individual ones. But I'm actually going to release like an actual the like a box together. And there's I think like six cool. pieces to it. Yeah. So 
So yeah, it's little stuff here and there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now at the end, I ask you for two things. Okay. Thing number one, recommend something to the listeners. It does not have to be witchcraft related. Ooh, recommend. Uh, mm, I guess kind of what we're on this journey right now is as the season comes, like uh, really challenge yourself to, I know it's like cliche, but like really dive deeper into you, like knowing thyself, like asking and questioning yourself and reflecting on yourself um not to the extent of detriment where you're like you know having a full-on crisis but to the extent of if it's a little uncomfortable and you touch something you know just give yourself some grace you know again um because those are the things that are going to be that so i guess a little mini shadow work in there too but um but then you'll find that you'll realize like oh like this is me and you're like yeah and then you'll kind of sink into that and then you'll feel a lot more, you'll gain something from it and you'll feel a lot more empowered through it. Um, so that's the one thing I guess I recommend for this new season is just, as we go into the, the, the day becomes less and the night becomes more uh, prevalent that just challenge yourself to uh, go deeper into knowing you, especially the parts of you that you didn't even realize were there. Awesome. Now, the last um, thing is, you go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I was going to say, uh, what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing is, please tell me a story. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there and tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Do yes. I love that. Yes. Um <laughs> Ooh, a story. Um, I can tell you another story experience. This will be this will be it then. Uh, the story that I had of my on the topic of the craft. Um, so I had an experience. Ooh, this one's this one's. I might do two little mini stories because they're kind of small. So okay, I there's a book called The Cloven Stone Workings um, that I I'm still working through it because it's more of like a manual than it is like a read. Um, but you can read through it, but it's definitely more manualistic to uh, traditional old like old world traditional witchcraft, I guess you could say. Um, and so there is a technique in there that it's like one of the big first techniques that you do is uh, called profane scrying. And the purpose for it is to, I guess you could say like see and also interact with your other, which is sort of like some people might consider it like your shadow or your fetch or, or the, your other, like the other, like that part of you. Um, that you actually can work with to also have do like, you know, retrieve information, um, do workings for you, I guess, in that sh way, shape or form, um, but also to interact with it. Um, and it's very simple. Uh, and the, the technique is simple. And um, I did it. And uh, I was, I think going into it also without expectation is what I felt like brought me my success was just going and doing it not thinking about what what it should be or what it shouldn't be just just do it and just see what happens you know curious but just see what happens and i think that's what allowed me to be more successful with the technique um you know and so i that didn't i was like oh my god i don't know what to expect but i'm gonna do it when i did it it scared i was talking to my friend juju earlier is like it scared the living crap out of me like it's 
um, essentially you're you're using it to scry into a you just a regular mirror. I use like a, a standing mirror, but you can use like a mirror of any kind and a dark room with no distraction, no phone, no computer, no TV, uh, no other person but you, um, and a candle. And it kind of put it off to the side. And um, I can't go in detail too much about like how to, but it's those are what you need. And pretty much I was like sitting there relaxed uh, in front of the mirror looking at me, uh, in, at myself in the mirror and just sitting there relaxed and relaxing further and further and further. And then the, my vision started shifting and then it started to become... It was clear, but yet foggy at the same time. But like what looked like me or what I thought was me started to disappear or like disapparate. I don't know if that's a weird way to say it. But um, and then like slowly started to reappear. Uh, And what I was or what I saw was I don't I'm, I'm more dry by nature, by like my body. Like I don't get like clammy or sweaty often. But my hands immediately, I felt this like surge of energy in my hands. Of, like cold, It was like cold. And it was like my spine and then my hands got like cold and clammy and wet. And I was, fear struck me immediately. And I saw like my eyes were not there. It was like pinpoints of like pinpoints of like what could have been light from the, maybe from the, the candle. And my mouth looked. Uh, oh, I hate I, it. I hate it. <laughs> My mouth looks like um like the skin uh there's no teeth, but it looked like the skin of my lips like was stretched and like formed within <sighs> kind of like almost like stitched together sort of, but was open and I had skin. My skin was there, but it was very skeletal. It was almost like almost hollow for a moment. And I immediately turned to looked away. And look back, and it was me again. Like, when I look at myself, you know, in a mirror. And I was like, whoa. And then I, like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it again. And then I stood there, and I did it again. And the same thing happened. The vision shifted, and then it came back. And so, and then, I I can't go into too much detail, because if you're curious, read the book. There's the technique there. But just added it to um, my wish list as you were talking. (laughs) Uh, Profane scrying or seeing the dead, your dead faces or the dead faces, what they call it. And it can look different for everybody, but there's a lot of similar crossovers of it. Um, But that was a story that really also set me on to continuing and furthering my own journey of myself and reflecting into that. And I I thought that was really unique, uh, a unique experience. Um, and then I had another experience, like I went to bed one night and I think I did do like, uh, just like a little offering to the witch father or people like the witch father, like the master of spirits, um, and went to bed and I had the candle. Maybe that's my, cause I had, I keep like a, my altar, keep like a pillar candle, like lit when I do, um, just cause I keep it there for them and went to bed. No problem. And I woke up in my dream in my room. So, I mean, for all I know, like, I don't know. I was like, maybe I left my body. I don't know. But I woke up in my room the way I left it when I went to bed. And, but my door to my room was open. Mm-mm. And, Mm-mm. no. <laughs> uh, and, but there was no door, actually. It was just open. It was just like, it was dark. And this goes a little bit, I'm just going to be vulnerable. It shares a little bit about my relationship with my mother. 
um, our dynamics of boundaries and things like that, which has taught me a lot living uh, with them uh, and being able to, which part of my witchcraft, I think that has helped me a lot is asserting myself and forming my boundaries, um, which is still a continual practice. But I think with living with family and of any kind can be difficult. So I had to assert my boundaries and my room is very private. I only let certain people in. It's just my, my space, you know? So my mom never really respected that. And, you know, uh, through the dream, um, I saw her trying to come through my, like the threshold was open. Like my door, what was my door was open. She was trying to get in. Like she usually does like she not anymore. It's changed since then, but she just like come in my room, put stuff in there. Like I'd come in. I'm like, why is things moved around? I'm like, what is, why is this on my bed? Like, you know, things like that. I'm just like, what? And I'm like, it's only her. Like, you know what I mean? So it just went laundry down. And I'm like, we're just like certain things. I just, I, I just kind of felt like it was more of like an invasion of privacy. And I just, I, I need, I need something that's for me. And, um, you know, like you don't have to put my mail on my bed. Like you just leave it out in the kitchen, like things like that, you know, and I have to, I have to like explain that. And I just had to like, just kind of lay some boundaries cause I didn't have any. And so, um, so going back to the dream, um, I, and then growing up Christian, you know, so my mom's Christian, um, I stood at the door at the threshold. I walked over the threshold that was like open and she was trying to get in. But she couldn't get in. But she was trying to get in. And she couldn't, even though it was open. And um, I kind of felt like st- I stood back like a little bit because, you know, it kind of felt like she had that so power over me of like, you know, because I'm her son or whatever, you know, things like that. And I just kind of felt that there in that moment. And then all of a sudden, as I'm looking into the hallway from the door where she is in trying to get into my room behind me, I felt this like presence and immediately not a whisper, but I guess kind of in a way I was like, um, I, I heard the word just to tell, to say, I knew that she's like not afraid of the devil, but I feel like a lot of people, when you hear the word devil, it's like there's like a primal fear because of religion and things like that. And so, but I said, well, you know what? If if that's what it comes down to, to get her out of my room, I'm going to say it. So I said it like three times, but it wasn't fast. It was like devil. And I would like, like look at her and then like, I'd say it again, like devil. And then I'd said it a third time. And by the third time, it, each time I said it, she would like kind of shrink almost like it shrink down like almost in size and like and like backing away in fear and retreating into like kind of like her room and uh and um the third time when i said it i felt that presence and i felt powerful like in that moment i was like yes and i just overcome with it and um i felt at that moment that i guess whoever you said this like he was there he they this master like came through to me and like allowed me to like feel strong and empowered in myself to create a boundary that is necessary for my own space and protection and um you know yeah she's afraid of it that's her own personal thing but i needed to do it for me and it worked and ever since then my relationship in that way with my mom as far as boundaries is living in the same space has gotten a lot better it's there's still a little little things but it's gotten a lot better since then um and i think maybe because of the i do have wards 
Uh, so that's probably why in the dream realm that she couldn't get in actually through my door. Um, but even then she tried. Uh, so that was also another story that I have. And that's why I love witchcraft. Right. And it made me feel strong. It made me feel powerful, but not in the way of like abusive, but a powerful in my own self powerful. Like I had, like, it made me feel like I had a, uh, it made me feel like I had a stance in myself. It made me feel like I had a say. It made me feel like I am allowed to be here. You know what I mean? And that's what I felt from that. I love it. Yeah. I love this. That's I love that. That's what it gives us. Mm, yeah. And that's what I got from that. And whether he spoke through me or was through me or gave me that power in that moment, um, that's what, I, that's what happened. And that's what I got. And I, um, and that's why I do what I do. Like, like I said, there's still a lot, you know, way more. I'm still journeying down this path and it's, a, it's, it's a, not a linear path. If you're looking mm-hmm. for, li- if you're looking for linearity in your life, maybe witchcraft is not for you. <laughs> Just saying, if you're like a linear person, like this and this and that, I'm like, you gonna. Sh- if you are doing witchcraft, you are you're gonna struggle, but you're gonna you're gonna struggle in a good way because it's actually gonna teach you that the nature of things are not linear. Roots do not grow just straight out; they curl and they twirl and they, you know, go grow into other things and and twist and knot. Through and that's stuff. right through stuff, right? Uh, so if you're like linear, maybe maybe. Maybe it is for you if that person is willing to like learn it, but if they're really like resisting, like they're like, I, I just need linear. I can't do this. Then, then yeah. Witchcraft is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Um, not telling anybody that they're not a witch. I'm just saying like, it's just not a path for everybody. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to, and that's part of being forged by it. You're, it's like a forging. You're being forged. Ooh, I love yes. It. Forged by the flame. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. This was amazing. I appreciate you. I had a really good time. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. This is awesome. The wonderful questions. uh, Super amazing host. And yeah, this was awesome. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, then I will see you over on Instagram. Bye. Yay. Bye. Have a good night, hon. Take care. So welcome to the weird part. Yes. I love that. (laughs) What's your favorite quote? But, you know, what's before birth? And I don't think many people really venture into that. Like, where were you before you were born? What what were you before you were born? Where did you come from before you were birthed here? You know, and I think I'm wondering if all of that knowledge that's like passed down or brought to, it's like you have this as a child because you're to hear more of the members only episode, head over to crepuscularconjuration.com. The monthly magic tier will give you access to the monthly magic Marco Polo group, the private Facebook group, and access to the written monthly spells. There's also Crepuscular Conjurations, giving you bonus podcast episodes, coloring pages, guided meditations, spell crafting videos, printable downloads, and more. The free Witchy Wonderment level will give you a little sample of everything I just mentioned. You can also visit my shop, Clever Kim's Curios, to get spell boxes one at a time or by monthly subscription, intentional handcrafted jewelry that I make especially for witches, and handmade altar tools. 
You can even listen to the full Your Average Witch podcast library, including show notes. Check it out at crepuscularconjuration.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash hivehouse, at youraveragewitch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday.